think about, so one, for one, first thing is the scenario that you just described. Do you think that mother would raise her child to be open and free and you ask questions readily and explore and you're valuable child? Not would at she all. raise her child like that? Because that means that that can ensure that child's death because that child then is stepping out of the social box that you are supposed to be in, in order to stay alive. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. So that that's first. So that means that you are teaching your child in order to endure all the harsh realities that that child will experience. Two, there is research in a new field called epigenetics. And they have studied what is that? epigenetics. What is epigenetics. that? So this is a field of research, field of study, where they look at how gene expression changes. Just for the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and Buddha walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Or a doctor, red wine or vodka Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra Retwist your locks and realign your chakras Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis Celestial body, drink your water Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order Levitate, tribe of Ashanti Black girl magic, melanin popping Whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage You a gift and a treasure You got to love a black girl getting a shift together Black girls are getting they shift together. These black girls getting they shift together, man. These black girls are getting they shift together. These black girls getting they shift together, dog. Welcome and thank you for joining me on this bonus episode. This recording was taken with Sarita Ibrahim. She's a therapist located in Atlanta, Georgia. And this episode that we recorded was so much fun for me so we just could not stop our topic for the day was generational trauma part one the recording was great but the after show was greater we had so much fun we decided to turn it into a bonus episode so this is considered the after show happy hour episode and it was such a treat so what we decided to do was just leave it uncut unedited just so you can see uh, or, or feel our emotion it was really great so I hope you all enjoy this bonus episode as much as we had recording it tune in and let me know what you think we are back. So, Sarita and I had such a good conversation, even though we had to go off live. But it is five o'clock somewhere. So, this is the after party after the party. And um, it's a happy hour. <laughs> hers, hers is somewhere. I don't know, but I'll, I'll take mine. <laughs> Stop playing, Sarita. So, yeah, this is... um. You know, after show, if y'all have any questions, just have them come in. But if not, Serena and I are going to just continue our chat. I what you say? What, what say you? <laughs> I'm here for it. So let's continue. Ow. 
continue. So, what were we saying earlier? We just were on a roll. <laughs> oh, oh. being transparent, I think. Yes, and yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about um, just the things that we were told growing up and how that showed, showed up later in life. And right. just to do a quick recap is I was explaining how I was very sensitive when I was young. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom told me that I cannot, and these were her exact words, you cannot wear your emotions on your sleeve because the world will eat you alive. And what she said was in, it was supported by my environment. Like I was teased for being like sensitive. Oh, Serena gonna cry. But like when I got a whooping, I didn't cry because I wanted to be strong. I'm like, I want to show her, you know, she can't make me cry. But you say the wrong thing, I would bust out in tears. And so to protect myself, um, and this is what human beings do, I shored up those emotions. I stuffed them down and I became tough. I became the aggressive one. I became the one who had a smart mouth, who would cut people off before they could cut me off. Yeah, my first boyfriend will tell you that. (laughs) Really? (laughs) So I had to learn. Hmm? I said, isn't that something? Yeah. Just, oh my God. I'm just doing a couple of things here after the show. So were you sensitive as an adult, even though you had the slick mouth? Uh, Yeah. And so that's a good question because I call all my friends sensitive bitches because they're, they could be so bitchy, but then be sensitive. And I was the same way. And, and I didn't see it until my friend said, you're sensitive too. And I was like, I am. So stop talking to me like that, even though I just cussed you out. <laughs> like, I didn't realize that that's what was happening because I didn't have the same reactions I did as a kid. Um, because I would protect myself by being tough, by being mean, by using sarcasm. Um, <laughs> I had those defense mechanisms, but the, the reality is that the sensitivity that it doesn't go anywhere. And I think for many black women, we, it's like, it's not okay to show that it's not okay to let people know, or even acknowledge when your feelings are hurt. Yeah. And yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, the sensitivity was there and it wasn't until I, I, met someone as an adult, as a doctor, we became very close friends and she was super sensitive and it was so damn annoying to me. Why was it annoying? Because it wasn't wasn't foreign? It required so much work for me. This was before, like, I have always been on a healing journey, but I wasn't a therapist. And she definitely encouraged me to do it. Like, at this time, I was a hypnotherapist. So I could hypnotize people and relax you and get you to change and do some shit now. Um, But for her, it was like everything I said was hurtful or offensive. And I said, listen, I'm just going to deposit a bunch of forgiveness in a bank account and you can make a withdrawal whenever you're ready because I I can't keep doing this. But I loved her as a friend. What I recognize is she's being honest with how she feels. You may not agree with it. 
But if you, because you care, you have to respect it because you know what that's like. You know what that's like to have people dis disregard how you feel. Right. And I started to take responsibility for how I was communicating with her, what I was doing, um, because it helped me to grow too. Mm. So that was my first real. And she was like, I hope your kid is sensitive. And my baby is. is and I said, <laughs> my baby, and so is my husband. I was like, what? <laughs> because I, we took personality tests. And because I had to take a test when I was at um, Morehouse for a year. And it came, it showed that my personality, I was an extrovert, but just a little bit over the line. Like I still have a lot of introvert qualities. Um, but also my personality type is the same as, um, what's the Microsoft guy's name, Bill? Bill Gates. So it's called the commander. So like to be in command, to tell people what to do and you know what I'm saying? I took so, that, yes. Is that the 16 personality? Like yes. the Myers Briggs? Yes. Actually, it's from the Myers Briggs. So, mm -hmm. yes, they do it in 16 personalities. And I had her take the test, and she was the opposite of everything of me. She was a sensitive feeler. And that is the opposite of me. I'm an ENTP. So, I, I think, I, I perceive, and that's where we were clashing. So, in understanding that, we both had to recognize, okay, our differences is a part of who we are and how can we still be friends and respect the balances while not expecting the other person to change. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And my husband is the same personality type. <laughs> what? Like, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> really? I took the test and I am an ESPF. Okay. ESPF. So you, I'm, a I'm an ENTP. I'm a performer. <laughs> See, that, I already guessed that. And I'm so glad that you took the test because these things kind of do, I'm sorry, they do help us see ourselves. So I am that the the thinker and the perceiver, like I was saying. So the ENTP in me, like when they're feeling, I'm thinking, I'm perceiving, like I'm processing. But I I do believe that I taught myself to do that from my experiences. You know what I mean? To not to shut myself off from being oh, wow. that sensitive type. Wow. So let me ask you this. Do you suggest with your clients that they take the personality test, the Myers-Briggs? for That's so interesting. Business? I have not in the past um, brought that up. Like you need, to, you should take this. Um, but I definitely encourage people to do it in general because you just learn a little bit more about yourself and about how you show up in the world. And it also shows that we only have a few personality types. Like we are not all that vastly different. Like human beings only come in so many forms. And if we can understand that, we can embrace those differences. So yeah, I haven't done it with my clients because I'm relating with them on their one-on-one -on -one and their problems. And it helps to understand though, when you're dealing with relationships, like with other people, like in your work environment, that is where it really shines and makes a difference. Like you understand the value of it, if that, if that makes sense. It does. It really does.
you know, uh, what I really like what we were saying earlier before we logged on again about how people show up based on their childhood experiences. So we talked about the trauma. So remember when we first talked on the phone and I told you, I said, I love your voice. It's so calming and it's like a warm blanket on a cold night. But it makes sense because then you said you've heard that before. That's really one of the, the actual, the first thing that drew me to you was the voice. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you just, you know, you just you look so angelic when you talk on your live. Yeah. And then it's funny how you said it was the opposite growing up or that's what you lacked growing up. Did you say that like from your mom or you just you acted the way you were not raised? You're absolutely right. Like that this. Like this is a real me, like the the soft, the the gentle. Like I used to be so soft spoken. Like people would always be like, I can't hear you, I can't hear you, you know? And really? I did learn like from the first time that I was bullied, I knew. Like, let me tell you the story, because this is hilarious. I had a ball, and you know, in the hood, people just they, they don't give a damn about boundaries. So a girl just snatched the ball off me. And I snatched it back. And then she pushed me. And then I ran home. <laughs> I was like, oh, she get aggressive. Time to go. I got, I, when I got home, my mom was in the bathtub. And I was like, mom, this girl trying to fight me. My mom did not even look up from me. She was like this. She was like, either they going to whoop your ass or I'm going to whoop your ass. Pick one. <laughs> and there's she how she didn't remember she said oh hell yeah you said that and i said my mom she won't find me she said either they gonna whoop your ass or i'm gonna whoop your ass so she made me go out there and fight and wait i didn't even have to do anything as soon as i got outside they were like she's back and they <laughs> know what happened i can't even tell you but when I get, I got up off the ground, I went home. My mom made me some hot chocolate, put some little, you know, cocoa butter on my wounds. She was like, see, I wasn't so bad. You survived. She was like, if you run now, you will run for the rest of your life. You have to stand up for yourself. And I learned that day that, honey, I have a voice and I never cussed growing up, okay? Because, you know, I had to go to church every Sunday. I learned that day that I can wield this mouth and cuss people out and I can fight if I need to and nobody ever fuck with me again. <laughs> so you you laughing, but that is so for real. I realized that I, I could not. The, my mom told me the world would eat you alive and they was trying. And there was, there was something in me that wouldn't allow it. I wouldn't allow it. And I was never bullied again. And there it is. And there goes the gift that started. She put you, she put the seed in and mom watered it. She like, you better go for I beat your ass. Yeah, but see, the problem though, the trauma starts is because then we don't know how to discriminate as kids or even sometimes as adults because you've learned that, like when to use that and when not to use it. You know what I'm saying? Like now at work, somebody say the wrong thing, you might pop off. Or in your relationships, 
anybody does something, you're like, you trying to control me. You don't tell me what to do. I, you ain't my father. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it is really having, and that's what I think the, the healing provides because I learned that it's not safe to be vulnerable. So if I'm in a relationship, how would I know how to be vulnerable with the person I'm with? You know what I'm saying? If I never learned that and I learned that the world will eat me alive, I'm going to open my heart to this man, even though I think I want to. You're not because you're going to pick men who aren't going to require you because they ain't interested in your heart. Exactly. And there goes that unavailable man right there. Emotionally exactly. unavailable and damn Billy again. <laughs> Billy and Exactly. Susie. Exactly. So I do think that's how... I, my personality um, has kind of shifted. I mean, I'm still here. I'm still there in here, but I just think about things differently instead of just feeling everything. Yes. I've done a show on my pod and it was called reacting versus uh, what responding. Was responding. Yes. And when I've done the inner work, and I'm thinking, damn, this isn't good because I spent my whole entire life just reacting. But it goes back to that survival skill. And it was just that mouth, just <laughs> that mouth, that slick mouth. That but, mouth. but you know where you learn to have that mouth from, though? Where, where did you learn to get that mouth from? Because you my, didn't get it from I, your mama. I didn't get it from my mother. No, 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 no. I definitely got it from my father. So he gave you two messages. One, don't let nobody just do anything to you. And then two, I mean, and, and that's what trauma does. It can divide us like, and we didn't even get into this part, but this is something that I that is so important that I teach on is that we all have parts of us, right? You know, I have a part of me that gets angry, a part of me that is sensitive, a part of me. And what happens is you can, when we experience trauma, our parts can, that's where the dysfunction shows up. So your dad had a part of him that wanted to protect you, right? And I want you to be strong and I want you to take care of yourself. But another part that was probably wounded that would also lash out at you. You know what I'm saying? So you learned... It would make sense that you would think that that is what love is. That's what people in love do. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Let me tell you so, this story. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm you know what? You're right. Because when I was a little girl, I'll never forget this. We went to the mall. We were in the park. I can see it right now on the left side of the car. We were already parked. And my mom and I were getting out on the right side of the car. On the left side of the car, the driver's side where my father was, this guy pulled up. Two guys got out of the car and boom, hit my father's car. So he jumps out immediately and he was about to just go in, like physically in. Yeah. Now all of a sudden it's like he's so with the work with his slick mouth. And then the, the guy said something smart to him. Now he wants to fight this guy. Now he's protecting us. My wife and daughter are in that car. Well, you could hurt them and kill them. So my mind, like, oh, he is protecting our 
Um, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm about yes. to throw this computer across the room. <laughs> That's it. Oh my and, God. And then that's so many of us view, view that as protection and love because it's like, you know, women will be like, hey, you want a man? You ain't gonna fight for me. You're not gonna, you out here, you need to, somebody needs to, you need to go handle this. You need, like, <laughs> you know, we've seen it, right? Like, you want somebody to be like, you know, taking charge and that's, that's what you're supposed to do. And I'm not saying men are supposed to protect women at all, but I'm saying that. When you have a person, a, 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 a caregiver or a person or a family member in your life who on one hand wants to protect you from possible violence from other people, but then they causing violence and raising hell in your life at the same time. That's confusing as hell it's for confusing. anybody to deal with. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. We, and, and that, is, that is what it's like to be in a dysfunctional home. And it can be traumatic. And I mean, I think because I had that same experience with my mom, like, and and she, oh, and I didn't even mention this. Research shows that traumatized parents are both overprotective and overreactive. Oh, <gasps> I'm sorry, I didn't think about that while we was on that. But when you think about that, if you overprotective and overreactive, like you just a lot. <laughs> Mine. Blown. You are so funny. It's like a textbook case, what you're telling me now. Oh my That's God. That's it. That's it. So, I mean, when you think about, you said even at work, it would make sense. It, how, you know, the, the you know, how, just how it is and how the people that you're attracting, because that was my same experience. Let me tell you this story. So this female that I know, it is funny how you say how you grow up and you expect a man to be that brawny and ready to fight. So she went on a vacation. I hope she's not going to listen to this. I don't, we're not Facebook. Well, you didn't that. use a name. You didn't use a name. Okay. So she was telling me how she went on vacation with her man and her man, he, he's real calm. I know him very well. Mm -hmm. He is calm, almost fawn-like-ish. <laughs> so to me, now that I'm thinking about it, they went to this vacation and they went to a nudist beach. She has a really nice body. Really, she, you know, she lifts weight. She's really nice body. So she, they went on a group couples vacation. Uh-huh. And so she's walking around with a thong, which is fine. Yeah. She around with her tits out breast all out. Well, now she's walking in front of his friends and his friends' wives. And ain't that what they went there for, though? They did, but you're that right. That was too much? Well, because he, my, my friend, he said he felt uncomfortable because his friends were looking at Looking his, at, okay. Then I mean, men are going to, yeah, men are going to be men. I mean, Humans, I should say, will be right. look. But when she kept walking, other men, and you're right, that's what you go there for. It was clothing optional. But other men, they started saying things, which was disrespectful. But now she's going extra and she's bending over. You know, you can see right up 
her ass. And so now she's upset because her boyfriend isn't confronting the men. So to me, it's like, I'm thinking you're setting up these situations to force him into becoming physical with these men. And she did the same thing. So you're not going to say nothing? But meanwhile, her ass is hanging out. You can like literally look. Come on. That just to me, I don't know. It to me, it seemed like she was setting up a situation and it was uncomfortable. So now he's my friend is being like he has to go defend her honor. And he said, Well, can you just yes. put a shirt, like at least put a little top on? No. If they can't handle my breast out, then that's too bad. What's your opinion? Well, you know, I think we all have a responsibility, like, uh, because um, to put yourself in a situation, I don't think women should ever be like, you know, harassed or abused, obviously. Um, I do recognize, though, if you got some nice body and you got some nice breasts, as my friend says, her breasts are tight. They're tight. Okay, cool. And, and, and you looking good? Um, honey, like, even if you had on clothes, they would be looking. So. If you if you surprised by this, and, and it's not even the surprise, it's the now you are shaming your man in public mm. about how he's supposed to defend your honor when you don't walked out honorless. Yeah. Come on now. And anyone who knows me, I am not frigid by any means. I'm really not. And I've done clothing optional or topless, I should say, out of the country. But I don't even think, I'm in my opinion, I really don't even think it was honorless for her to do that. But it made her man very uncomfortable because, yeah, he can deal with his friends. But these men who he doesn't know, there's about five of them. He can't fight all of them. You know, I don't but, know. But well, see, when I say honorless, meaning not that she did something bad, but you don't have on a shirt. <laughs> so, so I mean, I think everybody has to take some responsibility and it's okay. Like you don't have, if you want to go shirtless, that's fine. I guess my thing is that we also have to understand human beings will be human and people are going to be looking. And sometimes men are inappropriate. Many times strange men can be inappropriate. Now, I think the couple has to decide how they want to deal with that. Because oh. to make it about your husband having to do something to intervene on your behalf when you're already in a very delicate situation mm -hmm. is, I think, is very shaming to do it in that way. You ain't going to defend my honor. Like, we're not in the hood. And if something was done, was if something was wrong or they did something wrong, it could be handled without having to have someone get physical or get aggressive. Like wow. we can deal with conflict in many different ways, especially when everybody here is half naked. Like we don't have to go there. And for her to do that, um, I'm not gonna judge it because you know, I'm not gonna judge it. But what I'm saying is that ain't helping the, their relationship. It ain't helping him and his self image and how he you know, deals with things in public. And then it probably is like, well, why are we even coming here and doing this stuff? Like, why are we even doing this? Yeah. So those are just my thoughts that it can create so much conflict if the couple hasn't decided how they're going to deal with conflict in right. a way that is healthy. I don't even know why I brought that up. 
Wait, did you fight a lot when you were younger? Like physically fight? Like just ready. So um, not a lot, but I had a mouth. So that definitely helped. I think um, just a few times that I can think of. And it's funny because the second fight I ever got in was I was in the second grade. And we were doing something in the class and I had a pencil and the boy next to me snatched my pencil. His name was Robert. I remember. And he snatched it out my hand and started to write with it. So I snatched it back. That kind of boy, no boundaries. So I snatched it back. And girl, I blacked out. I don't even remember what happened. That's what that's what I do when I fight. Because apparently there's a part of me that says, let me take over. You too soft. Let me be some ass. I get that from my dad. My dad was in jail for 10 years for for murder. And he he is the opposite of my mom. So um, yeah. So um he was in jail for most of my childhood. And he's a total huh? Is he still in jail? No, he's out and we have a really good relationship. How long was he yeah. in jail for? He was in jail for like 10 or 12 years. What? <laughs> you are hilarious. So, yes. And I mean, he's a very different person now. And we do have, we talk and we have, you know, we have hard conversations, but he definitely has taken responsibility for mm-hmm. his actions. You know, he understands like what his childhood, like we've talked about it. He's not all emotional like that, but he's honest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. So I brought that up because there's a part of me that is not, I was only going to take so much. And with that fight, I just remember punching him. And do you know, I saw him, I was in my twenties. I went home to visit, I went to a bar. He was like, yo, Serena, you beat me up in the second grade, you had a drink. And we sat there and had a drink and laughed and talked. And after that, I mean, I didn't have to fight. I beat up a boy. He told me I beat his ass and I was uncomfortable with that. I I don't even know what happened. But so I didn't have to fight a lot, and I didn't want to fight. But I knew that I could not. I had to. I had to stand up for myself. Yes. Did you fight a lot? No, I did not. I had. You know what? I really. I did not. Everyone. You don't always, seem like a fighter. Everyone always liked me. Like everyone. Oh, now that I think about it. I've always known that. But I will tell you this. This is hilarious. My last fight I had was in college. Who does that? And I definitely can't say the name because I know she knows some Don't people. Don't you always protect the, the, the guilty. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we got in a fight. We lived in the dorm. So there was two, two, um, it's a suite, two bedrooms, two bedrooms, living area in the middle. And so she it was a guy who I was just seeing. We weren't even together. We just saw each other a couple times. Well, she started dating him on the sly. And then she got bold with it. And I'm looking out the window. And he's they like, they're dating? What's going on? So instead, in my child, immature mind, instead of talking about it, I'm up here acting, you know, like an asshole. I was even stealing her cable, bold as hell. No, yeah. you wasn't. Yeah, I put up a cable and it went and threaded right in my room. I wasn't trying to hide it. And we were both being passive aggressive with each other. 
So one day, everybody was gone to class. I slept in and she slept in. And what it was, a, a cable guy came with to shut the cable off. And so I came out, who am I? I came out like he was shutting my own cable <laughs> off. And I'm like, what's going on here? No, you didn't. <laughs> and I had on this little, this little nighty with no panties on, right? And so she ignored me. And so when the cable guy was about to leave, she was calling me all kind of bitches and just everything. And I'm thinking, well, I'm used to that. So that was bothering me. And then out of nowhere, boom, she pushed me. And oh. I was tumbling back. I said, oh, my. I didn't God. have on no panties. Put your nope. shirt on. <laughs> With a, a nighty that was right above my, my butt cheek. And I remember thinking, I'm going to have to fire because then I had a flashback of my father. Don't you let anybody ever mess with you and take advantage. My dumb ass. <laughs> I went into the, my bedroom. I put some shorts on and we got to going, boy. Oh, my God. We tore that dorm room up. The cable guy couldn't stop us. We, it was probably Wait, the cable guy was trying to stop It was like he put his hand in a bag of cats. We, it was on. And then <laughs> I'm like, I haven't fought since the 70s. And then out of nowhere, boom, she punched me right in the nose. When I say now I understand what stars mean when you get punched, you see those cartoons. Oh my God, she punched me so hard. <laughs> You feel it right now. It was right here, right on the bridge of my nose. Ooh. And after that, I picked up my my other roommate, who I'm close with to this day. I picked up she, her grandfather had died a week before. I picked up. The Don't say his arm. I threw the plant. There was dirt everywhere, and I went and got a, an extension cord. I started beating her just to get that yeah. girl. Wait. She waited around for you to get all this shit. <laughs> she was trifling. I was being an asshole. You know, it you was. Really got an extension cord. <laughs> yeah, there was one like right there. I had to get her. Look, I'm sure I'm only five three, five four. She oh. was about five nine, and she punched me so like I. It was just too much. I'm like, I don't even know how to fight. What am I gonna do? What am I? You know. Yeah, you. Your cable, and you talk about yeah. You was five nine when you were still my cable. I had to be. I didn't want her to punch me in the nose anymore. That shit hurt. You have to protect yourself. Yeah, and I just remember I went up like a Mike Tyson uppercut. Whoa, that extension cord, and I made sure to beat her with the plug part. (laughs) Serena. That plug went just like this, yeah, right up her face. So that was in the uh, the nineties. Do you? And this was in Alabama. I used to go to school in Alabama. Do you know? Twenty years later, I'm at here in Atlanta. Was at the dermatologist with my mother, and I saw her walk in and. Uh- the- 
20 something year old Ursula just reemerged. I'm like, oh my gosh, she is gonna beat my ass right now in front of my mother. It was crazy. And did y'all learn? Wait, like, did it cut her face? I think there was a dark mark, like a keloid. She didn't say nothing though, did she? No, we didn't talk about it, but I'm not gonna lie. I had sweat dripping down my spine. I was like, well, at least you can't beat me inside of the office because we are in a nice dermatology office. However, it was that kind of like, hey. <laughs> that is hilarious. I should have oh. just. <laughs> and we were like, hey, girl, hey. You know, and we didn't talk about it. Oh, good. Thank God. And I'm like, she ain't want to fight. She knows. She ain't got time for that. She probably could have beat me up again. But see, we're not doing that now because I have better tools, literally. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, to say that, to go back to our conversation about growing up, I should have taken on more of my mother's approach. No. No? Why do you say that? You wouldn't. Just from the little you told me, why would you? Because you want it to be everything other than that. I mean, just imagine you have a father saying, don't let anybody, but what is he doing? And to her, <gasps> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why would you? I mean, some of us, like, we will attract similar things in our you later on, like in our future or in our relationships, but we will still fight against it. We will still attract the same thing and still be trying to master it, trying to manipulate it, trying to fix it, trying to say, hey, let's go to counseling. Hey, let's work it out. So you may not be like her in terms of her personality type, but you're attracting the same situations that you saw her put in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's not just you. That's what we do. You are on point with that. That is so true. Oh my God. So if something of personality is already ingrained in you, not that I don't want to change it now because this is who I am and I'm loving this, but like, how do you, will it always stay with you? When you like, say it, like me. So like you said how, you know, I acted like my father, you know, just, and both of us have said that. Does that carry on into our 70s or what? So I'm going to say this. and My phone might hang up because we done talked so long. My battery died because oh. I'm, I'm in a different I'm in a different location. It just gave me the notification like uh, wrap it up. But um, <laughs> but um, you said um, say that again about because you said with your how we both said how we can act like our father fathers and how that's in us but does that translate into our 60s and 70s and you know like is that in the brain in our DNA? like is it etched forever well i think that it is a part of us because that's what we've experienced but i do think through like the work that you're doing the work you've done um the the healing that we do it <clears throat> i think it transforms how that shows up because we transform on how we see things, how we see people, how we deal with conflict, how we internalize things. Because if I'm, if I, 
excuse me, if I've experienced trauma or shame, then my orientation to the world is that, oh, there's something wrong with me. So, you know what I'm saying? I will be more, um, I, I have more self-blame, more guilt. You know, I'm just saying in general. But if I have an orientation where I've been through things and I do have personality types from my dad that don't take no shit, um, but I also have experienced, you know, a mom where I was required to be a little bit more submissive. Those mm -hmm. different parts of me will show up in different at different times and in diff different situations, depending on how I'm triggered. Like, for example, for me, that showed up with authority. Like, I never cussed a boss out because it was always like my mom would tell me that I need you need to respect authority. You need to respect what you're told. And that was something that was, so I, it's like, it's, it was active in me to break that because I would feel this feeling that would be trying to get me to pull back in those situations with authority. And I would be struggling and fighting against myself. Like, no, Serena, you got to speak up. You got to, you got to, like the other parts of me would, 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 would step back. And that part of me that my mom had put in me about authority would show up. And then there's other times like when my, with my dad and with this whole, you know, I ain't letting, I ain't taking no shit would show up like in my relationships. Right. So, yeah, I think, I think those parts are there, but the roles that those parts play, the things that you do, it changes as you witness yourself and go through the healing because those parts don't need to act that way anymore. You know what I'm saying? There's no need for it because you see the world differently. You're, you don't see those things as threats anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the threat part. Yeah. <gasps> Does that go back to that amygdala hijack? So you're not in that fight or flight anymore? Well, think about yourself because you've talked about your experiences. When, first of all, if you heal the source, then the trigger is gone. Like if I heal the source of those emotions that may have had me feeling abandoned or rejected or um, ignored or hurt or you know the the things associated with the trauma, if I heal that, then the trigger no longer ceases to exist. Because remember, the trigger is based on a painful learning experience. So if I'm healing those aspects in me, I'm not viewing those things that happen to me in the world the same way. I can say, well, he's hurting right now. That's why he's talking to me that way. Whereas when I was hurt, I would be like, why the fuck are you talking to me like that? You disrespected me. I wouldn't even think about how he was going on or what. what. I, I'm like immediately in defensive mode. You know what I'm saying? So the, the experiences, the way they're interpreted change. It changes as we mature and evolve in our own you know, our own growth and our own personality and how we look at ourselves and other people. So those things that would be offensive, they're no longer offensive because I know you can't hurt me and I know who I am. And I know that I could just remove myself from the situation. I don't have to deal with it. Versus I, I need to show you how you need to treat me. I need to, it's, it's, I don't have that defense because I honor my peace and my ability to stand in who I am without having you manipulate me through your emotions and your actions. That makes so much sense because there's a few people who I but have butted heads with mm -hmm. and now I feel sorry for them because before it was always, oh, including him. 
Him? Okay, him. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to always, like you said, I'm going to show him. And then it's really just that little boy inside that. Exactly. Oh, mind exactly. blown. So because you've grown, you see the reality of what you're dealing with, the reality of who the other person is, and you, the reality of you. You see it differently, and which makes you less reactive. Because if you can see the little boy in him, then there is no need for you to get it to to fight that little boy. There's no need for you to do that because you recognize what it is, and you recognize you can make a different choice. And that's for anybody. You know that that's the things that used to trigger me to getting angry or getting upset. It's not that I don't get upset because I do, but now I'm like. Um, yeah, delete my phone number and we don't ever need to have this conversation again. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just, I'm going to create distance and I'm going to do it intentionally and without having that back and forth because it no longer feels good. Before, it was normal. That back and forth was normal. Yes. Now, it don't, it, it's not. It's not. You're right, because it's, it's the last word isn't needed. You can, and I'm going to say this before my phone hangs up, is yeah. you can be right or you can be happy. You can fight to be right or you can have peace. You can be right or you can have, you know, the power of your decision. Like, I don't have to be right anymore. I don't have to do that. Mind blown. Damn. Girl, you are just full of gems. Ooh. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> you're so affirming. <laughs> and you're so confirming. <laughs> ah, we, we match. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You did not robot. I love you. <laughs> do it, girl. Do it. All right. We are going to definitely talk again before November 6th. I look forward is, to it. I'm here for it. Oh, and make sure, like the conversation we had yesterday, that Q&A for your project, definitely you can always call me before then. I, you know, this is my jam right here. Let's do it. Well, that's why we are such a good match. And I'm so grateful for you. And I just love your energy. And I feel like, you know, it's so interesting. Like when you go through the growth, you connect with different people, right? And it's just like the vibe is different. It's not based on, you know, there's this competition or this, you know, dissension. It's just all about like just vibing and enjoying. And I love that. And yeah. I'm grateful for you. Thank you. This is authentic Ursula right here. So, oh, I already know. <laughs> you can't fake that, baby. Can't, can't nobody fake that. <laughs> I know. Oh my God! Well, you have a great weekend, hug little mama for me. You are a treat for this world, girl. Thank you so much. I love you. And you know, I will talk to you soon. And yes. thank you, listeners. Everyone has been such a, so amazing. Oh, yeah. Me. We are recording, aren't we? I didn't. Yes. I get like this when I talk to you. Just us. Oh, the best. Yes. Everyone, we'll have another happy hour. This time we'll have a Q&A for sure. Take care, Sarita. Mwah.
See you soon. Take care. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. If anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you and I love you all. Just for the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and Buddha walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Or a doctor, red wine or vodka Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra Retwist your locks and realign your chakras Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis Celestial body, drink your water Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order Levitate, tribe of Ashanti Black girl magic, melanin popping Whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage You a gift and a treasure You got to love a black girl getting a shift together Black girls are getting they shift together. These black girls getting they shift together, man. These black girls are getting they shift together. These black girls getting they shift together, dog.